Section number twenty three of a treatise on good works. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elaine Conway, England. A treatise on good works by Martin Luther. Translated by Johann Michael Rue section twenty three third commandment sixteen to twenty five but you say how can i trust surely that all my works are pleasing to god when at times i fall and talk eat drink and sleep too much or otherwise transgress as i cannot help doing answer this question shows that you still regard faith as a work among other works and do not set it above all works for it is the highest work for this very reason because it remains and blots out these daily sins by not doubting that god is so kind to you as to wink at such daily transgression and weakness ay even if a deadly sin should occur which however never or rarely happens to those who live in faith and trust toward god yet faith rises again and does not doubt that its sin is already gone as it is written one john two my little children these things are right unto you that ye sin not and if any man sin we have an advocate with god the father jesus christ who is the propitiation of all our sins and wisdom fifteen for if we sin we are thine knowing thy power and proverbs twenty four for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again yes this confidence and faith must be so high and strong that the man knows that all his life and works are nothing but damnable sins before god's judgment as it is written psalm a hundred and forty-three in thy light shall no man living be justified and he must entirely despair of his works believing that they cannot be good except through this faith which looks for no judgment but only for pure grace favour kindness and mercy like david psalm twenty six thy loving-kindness is ever before mine eyes and i have trusted in thy truth psalm four the light of thy countenance is lift up upon us that is the knowledge of thy grace through faith and thereby hast thou put gladness in my heart for as faith trusts so it receives see thus our works forgiven are without guilt and are good not by their own nature but by the mercy and grace of god because of the faith which trusts on the mercy of god therefore we must fear because of the works but comfort ourselves because of the grace of god as it is written psalm 142 the lord taketh pleasure in them that i fear him in those that hope in his mercy so we pray with perfect confidence our father and yet petition forgive us our trespasses we are children and yet sinners are acceptable and yet do not do enough and all this is the work of faith firmly grounded in god's grace seventeen but if you ask where the faith and the confidence can be found and whence they come this it is certainly most necessary to know first without doubt 
faith does not come from your works or merit but alone from jesus christ and is freely promised and given as saint paul writes romans five god commendeth his love to us as exceeding sweet and kindly in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us as if he said ought not this give us a strong unconquerable confidence that before we prayed or cared for it yes while we continually walked in sins christ dies for our sin st paul concludes if while we were yet sinners christ died for us how much more then being justified by his blood shall we be saved from wrath through him and if when we were enemies we were reconciled to god by the death of his son much more being reconciled shall we be saved by his life lo thus must thou form christ within thyself and see how in him god holds before thee and offers thee his mercy without any previous merits of thine own and from such a view of his grace must thou draw faith and confidence of the forgiveness of all thy sins faith therefore does not begin with works neither do they create it but it must spring up and flow from the blood wounds and death of christ if thou see in these that god is so kindly affectioned towards thee that he gives even his son for thee then thy heart also must in its turn grow sweet and kindly affectioned toward god and so thy confidence must grow out of pure good will and love god's love toward thee and thine toward god we never read that the holy spirit was given to any one when he did works but always when men have heard the gospel of christ and the mercy of god from this same word and from no other source must faith still come even in our day and always for christ is the rock out of which men suck oil and honey as moses says deuteronomy thirty two eighteen so far we have treated of the first work and of the first commandment but very briefly plainly and hastily for very much might be said of it we will now trace the works farther through the following commandments the second work next to faith is the work of the second commandment that we shall honour god's name and not take it in vain this like all the other works cannot be done without faith and if it is done without faith it is all sham and show after faith we can do no greater work than to praise preach sing and in every way exalt and magnify god's glory honour and name and although i have said above and it is true that there is no difference in works where faith is and does the work yet this is true only when they are compared with faith and its works measured by one another there is a difference and one is higher than the other just as in the body the members do not differ when compared with health and health works in the one as much as in the other yet the works of the members are different and one is higher nobler more useful than the other so here also to praise god's glory and name is better than the works of the other commandments which follow and yet it must be done in the same faith as all the others but i know well that this work is lightly esteemed and has indeed become unknown therefore we must examine it further and will say no more about the necessity of doing it in the faith and confidence that it pleases god 
indeed there is no work in which confidence and faith are so well experienced and felt as in honouring god's name and it greatly helps to strengthen and increase faith although all works also have to do this as saint peter says two peter one wherefore the rather brethren give diligence through good works to make your calling and election sure nineteen the first commandment forbids us to have other gods and thereby commands that we have a god the true god by a firm faith trust confidence love and hope which are the only works whereby a man can have honour and keep a god for by no other work can one find or lose god except by faith or unbelief by trusting or doubting of the other works none reaches quite to god so also in the second commandment we are forbidden to use his name in vain yet this is not to be enough but we are thereby also commanded to honour call upon glorify preach and praise his name and indeed it is impossible that god's name should not be dishonoured where it is not rightly honoured for although it be honoured with the lips bending of the knees kissing and other postures if this is not done in the heart by faith in confident trust in god's grace it is nothing else than an evidence and badge of hypocrisy see now how many kinds of good works a man can do under this commandment at all times and never be without the good works of this commandment if he will so that he truly need not make a long pilgrimage or seek holy places for tell me what moment can pass in which we do not without ceasing receive god's blessings or on the other hand suffer adversity but what else are god's blessings and adversities than a constant urging and stirring up to praise honour and bless god and to call upon his name now if you had nothing else at all to do would you not have enough to do with this commandment alone that you without ceasing bless sing praise and honour god's name and for what other purpose have tongue voice language and mouth been created a psalm fifty one says lord open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise again my tongue shall sing aloud of thy mercy what work is there in heaven except that of this second commandment as it is written in psalm eighty four blessed are they that dwell in thy house they will be for ever praising thee so also david says in psalm thirty four god's praise shall be continually in my mouth and saint paul one corinthians ten whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do do all to the glory of god also colossians three whatsoever ye do in word or deed do all in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god and the father if we were to observe this work we would have a heaven here on earth and always have enough to do as have the saints in heaven twenty on this is based the wonderful and righteous judgment of god that at times a poor man in whom no one can see many great works in the privacy of his home joyfully praises god when he fares well or with entire confidence calls upon him when he fares ill and thereby does a greater and more acceptable work than another 
who fasts much prays much endows churches makes pilgrimages and burdens himself with great deeds in this place and in that such a fool opens wide his mouth looks for great works to do and is so blinded that he does not at all notice his greatest work and praising god is in his eyes a very small matter compared with the great idea he has formed of the works of his own devising in which he perhaps praises himself more than god or takes more pleasure in them than he does in god and thus with his good works he storms against the second commandment and its works of all this we have an illustration in the case of the pharisee and the publican in the gospel for the sinner calls upon god in his sins and praises him and so has hit upon the two highest commandments faith and god's honour the hypocrite misses both and struts about with other good works by which he praises himself and not god and puts his trust in himself more than in god therefore he is justly rejected and the others chosen the reason of all this is that the higher and better the works are the less show they make and that every one thinks they are easy because it is evident that no one pretends to praise god's name and honour so much as the very men who never do it and with their show of doing it while the heart is without faith cause the precious work to be despised so that the apostle saint paul dare say boldly romans two that they blaspheme god's name who make their boast of god's law for to name the name of god and to write his honour on paper and on the walls is an easy matter but genuinely to praise and bless him in his good deeds and confidently to call upon him in all adversities these are truly the most rare highest works next to faith so that if we were to see how few of them there are in christendom we might despair for very sorrow and yet there is a constant increase of high pretty shining works of men's devising or of works which look like these true works but at bottom are all without faith and without faithfulness in short there is nothing good back of them thus also isaiah forty three rebukes the people of israel hear ye this ye which are called by the name of israel which swear by the name of the lord and make mention of the god of israel neither in truth nor in righteousness that is they did it not in the truth faith and confidence which is the real truth and righteousness but trusted in themselves their works and powers and yet called upon god's name and praised him two things which do not fit together twenty one the first work of this commandment then is to praise god in all his benefits which are innumerable so that such praise and thanksgiving ought also of right never to cease or end for who can praise him perfectly for the gift of natural life not to mention all other temporal and eternal blessings and so through this one part of the commandment man is overwhelmed with good and precious works if he do these in true faith he has indeed not lived in vain and in this matter none sin so much as the most resplendent saints who are pleased with themselves and like to praise themselves or to hear themselves praised honoured and glorified before men therefore the second work of this commandment is to be on one's guard to flee from and to avoid all temporal honour and praise and never to seek a name for oneself or fame and a great reputation that every one sing of him and tell of him which is an exceedingly dangerous sin and yet the most common of all 
and alas little regarded every one wants to be of importance and not to be the least however small he may be so deeply is nature sunk in the evil of its own conceit and in its self-confidence contrary to those two first commandments now the world regards this terrible vice as the highest virtue and this makes it exceedingly dangerous for those who do not understand and have not had experience of god's commandments and the histories of the holy scriptures to read or hear the heathen books and histories for all heathen books are poisoned through and through with this striving after praise and honour in them men are taught by blind reason that they were not nor could be men of power and worth who are not moved by praise and honour but those are counted the best who disregard body and life friend and property and everything in the effort to win praise and honour all the holy fathers have complained of this vice and with one mind conclude that it is the very last vice to be overcome st augustine says all other vices are practised in evil works only honour and self-satisfaction are practised in and by means of good works therefore if a man had nothing else to do except the second work of this commandment he would yet have to work all his lifetime in order to fight this vice and drive it out so common so subtle so quick and insidious is it now we all pass by this good work and exercise ourselves in many other lesser good works nay through other good works we overthrow this and forget it entirely so the holy name of god which alone should be honoured is taken in vain and dishonoured through our own cursed name self-approval and honour-seeking and this sin is more grievous before god than murder and adultery but its wickedness is not so clearly seen as that of murder because of its subtlety which is not accomplished in the coarse flesh but in the spirit twenty two some think it is good for young people that they be enticed by reputation and honour and again by shame of and dishonour and so be induced to do good for there are many who do the good and leave the evil undone out of fear of shame and love of honour and so do what they would otherwise by no means do or leave undone these i leave to their opinion but at present we are seeking how true good works are to be done and they who are inclined to do them surely do not need to be driven by the fear of shame and the love of honour they have and are to have a higher and far nobler incentive namely god's commandment god's fear god's approval and their faith and love toward god they who have not or regards not this motive and let shame and honour drive them these also have their reward as the lord says matthew six and as the motive so is also the work and the reward none of them is good except only in the eyes of the world now i hold that a young person could be more easily trained and incited by god's fear and commandments than by any other means yet where these do not help we must endure that they do the good and leave the evil for the sake of shame and of honour just as we must also endure wicked men or the imperfect of whom we spoke above nor can we do more than tell them that their works are not satisfactory and right before god and so leave them until they learn to do right for the sake of god's commandments also 
just as young children are induced to pray fast learn etc by gifts and promises of the parents even though it would not be good to treat them so all their lives so that they never learn to do good in the fear of god far worse if they do become accustomed to do good for the sake of praise and honour twenty three but this is true that we must none the less have a good name and honour and every one ought so to live that nothing evil can be said of him and that he give offence to no one as saint paul says romans twelve we are to be zealous to do good not only before god but also before all men and two corinthians four we walk so honestly that no man knows anything against us there must be great diligence and care lest such honour and good name puff up the heart and the heart find pleasure in them here the saying of solomon holds as the fire in the furnace proveth the gold so man is proved by the mouth of him that praises him few and most spiritual men must they be who when honoured and praised remain indifferent and unchanged so that they do not care for it nor feel pride and pleasure in it but remain entirely free ascribe all their honour and fame to god offering it to him alone and using it only to the glory of god to the edification of their neighbours and in no way to their own benefit or advantage so that a man trust not in his own honour nor exalt himself above the most incapable despised man on earth but acknowledge himself a servant of god who has given him the honour in order that with it he may serve god and his neighbour just as if he had commanded him to distribute some golden to the poor for his sake so he says matthew five your light shall shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven he does not say they shall praise you but shall only serve them to edification that through them they may praise god in you and in themselves this is the correct use of god's name and honour when god is thereby praised through the edification of others and if men want to praise us and not god in us learn not to endure it but with all our powers forbid it and flee from it as from the most grievous sin and robbery of divine honour twenty four hence it comes that god frequently permits a man to fall into or remain in grievous sin in order that he may be put to shame in his own eyes and in the eyes of all men who otherwise could not have kept himself from this great vice of vain honour and fame if he had remained constant in his great gifts and virtues so god must ward off this sin by means of other grievous sins that his name alone may be honoured and thus one sin becomes the other's medicine because of our perverse wickedness which not only does the evil but also misuses all that is good now see how much a man has to do if he would do good works which always are at hand in great number and with which he is surrounded on all sides but alas because of this blindness passes them by and seeks and runs after others of his own devising and pleasure against which no man can sufficiently speak and no man can sufficiently guard with this all the prophets had to contend and for this reason they were all slain only because they rejected such self-devised works and preached only god's commandments as one of them says jeremiah seven 
thus saith the god of israel unto you take your burnt offerings unto all your sacrifices and eat your burnt offerings and your flesh yourselves for concerning these things i have commanded you nothing but this thing commanded i you obey my voice that is not what seems right and good to you but what i bid you and walk in the way that i have commanded you and deuteronomy at twelve thou shalt not do whatsoever is right in thine own eyes but what thy god has commanded thee these and numberless like passages of scripture are spoken to tear man not only from sins but also from the works which seem to men to be good and right and to turn men with a single mind to the simple meaning of god's commandment only that they shall diligently observe this only and always as it is written exodus thirteen these commandments shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand and for a memorial between thine eyes and psalm one a godly man meditates in god's law day and night for we have more than enough and too much to do if we are to satisfy only god's commandments he has given us such commandments as if we understand them aright we dare not for a moment be idle and might easily forget all other works but the evil spirit who never rests when he cannot lead us to the left into evil works fights on our right through self-devised works that seem good but against which god has commanded deuteronomy twenty eight and joshua twenty three ye shall not go aside from my commandments to the right hand or to the left twenty five the third work of this commandment is to call upon god's name in every need for this god regards as keeping his name holy and greatly honouring it if we name and call upon it in adversity and need and this is really why he sends us so much trouble suffering adversity and even death and lets us live in many wicked sinful affections that he may thereby urge man and give him much reason to run to him to cry aloud to him to call upon his holy name and thus to fulfil this work of the second commandment as he says in psalm one call upon me in the day of trouble i will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me for i desire the sacrifice of praise and this is the way whereby thou canst come in unto salvation for through such works man perceives and learns what god's name is how powerful it is to help all who call upon it and whereby confidence and faith grow mightily and these are the fulfilling of the first and highest commandment this is the experience of david psalm fifty four thou hast delivered me out of all trouble therefore will i praise thy name and confess that it is lovely and sweet and psalm ninety one says because he hath set his hope upon me therefore will i deliver him i will help him because he hath known my name lo what man is there on earth who would not all his life long have enough to do with this work for who lives an hour without trials i will not mention the trials of adversity which are innumerable for this is the most dangerous trial of all when there is no trial and everything is and goes well for then a man is tempted to forget god become too bold and to misuse the times of prosperity yea here he has ten times more need to call upon god's name than when in adversity since it is written psalm 
91 a thousand shall fall on the left hand and ten thousand on the right hand so too we see in broad day in all man's daily experience that more heinous sins and vice occur when there is peace when all things are cheap and there are good times than when war pestilence sicknesses and all manner of misfortune burden us so that moses also fears for his people lest they forsake god's commandment for no other reason than because they are too full too well provided for and have too much peace as he says deuteronomy thirty two my people is waxed rich full and fat therefore has it forsaken its god wherefore also god let many of its enemies remain and would not drive them out in order that they should not have peace and must exercise themselves in the keeping of god's commandments as it is written judges three so he deals with us also when he sends us all kinds of misfortune so exceedingly careful is he of us that he may teach us strive us to honour and call upon his name to gain confidence and faith toward him and so to fulfil the first two commandments End of section twenty three